0: I want to welcome you back to day five, our last day of looking through the second part of Matthew chapter six. We're gonna look at verses 31 to 34 today. This has been a great passage to think about our possessions and how to manage our possessions. Just to hear what Jesus has to teach us. His decisions in these most important questions of life. Where do I put my treasure? Jesus says the investment decision is, <laughs> you put it in eternity. How do I see my possessions? Jesus says the interest decision is, You become interested in others and you give. Who will I choose as master? That's the management decision. You can only serve one, so you serve God. How do I let go of worry? We talked about this yesterday, the contentment decision. Larry Burkett once said, one of the greatest mysteries of Christianity is contentment. At least one must presume it's a mystery because so few people have found it. So if you struggle with contentment, join the rest of us. We struggle with this. So what's the secret? How do you begin to find more contentment with your possessions? Well, the secret is in this fifth decision. The question behind this one is, what is most important to me? And the decision is the kingdom decision. This decision is actually the antidote to worry, the path to contentment. And Jesus, as he's teaching about things, at the end of this passage, there are two things he tells us to do. Number one, you put God first. Number two, you live one day at a time. First, you put God first. Put God first in every area of your life. Verses 31 to 33, Jesus taught, So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Did you notice, as Jesus taught, he talks about two ways to live life, the running life and the seeking life, the running life. He's talking about what do we eat? What do we drink? What do we wear? Pagans, he said, they run after all these things. This is called the rat race, the running life, that I'm running after these things, trying to get them for myself. Every day is about running harder and harder and turning the wheel faster and faster, the running life. And Jesus says, pagans, that's a word for those who don't believe in God who have no belief in God in their life, they're involved in the running life. And in essence, Jesus is teaching us here that worry is practical atheism. Worry is practically saying, you don't believe that God exists. Christians are not to worry because it's a poor advertisement for an almighty God. It's acting like an unbeliever. God's never worried. Can you imagine God saying, I'm worried that the sun, is the sun going to come up today? No, he's created And out of that creation comes everything that he is. And he wants us to be like him, to be like him. There's this running life that too many of us are caught up in. And Jesus says, God did not make you live that kind of life. So he talks about a second kind of life, the seeking life. There are some who have stopped running to start seeking. Start seeking who God is, who they are, what life is really all about. Now, this seeking life, there are some who are in the seeking life, but they're seeking the wrong thing. They're seeking self-actualization. They're seeking making themselves a God. They're seeking all kinds of things that have nothing to do with the real God. Just because you're living a seeking life doesn't mean you're living the right kind of life. What are you seeking is the question, Jesus says. And he tells us what to seek. Seek first God's kingdom, his righteousness, all these things that they'll be given to you. You want to have energy for living. You want to have a sense of purpose. You want to be able to focus on what's important in life. Jesus says, here's how you do it seek first God's kingdom. Make that number one in your life. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago God's kingdom. God's kingdom is where God is king. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Worry, in essence, indicates mixed up values. In any area that I'm worrying, one of the things I think in the back of my mind is, okay, God, how am I not putting you first in that area? Because the fact that I'm worrying means I'm taking the burden on my shoulders. It's become all about me. So how can I put you first? The priorities that Jesus is teaching here, they simplify life. You have less to worry about. You have nothing to worry about in the end if you seek God first. By the way, Jesus says, if you seek God first, all these things, they're going to be added to you. Now, he doesn't say how much of them or if you're going to get exactly what you want, but he says, God's going to meet your needs. Contentment is never a matter of more things. It's a matter of applied faith. Epicurus said it long ago, to whom little is not enough, nothing is enough. So contentment isn't about having more. Survey after survey, when people are asked, what will it take to make you content? It's always 20, 30% more than I have right now, whatever you happen to have. Contentment is not a matter of more things. It's a matter of applied faith. Contentment is not a result of my situation, but of my Savior. Contentment is not a matter of what I have, but of whose I am. Put him first. God's kingdom first. God's kingdom. God's righteousness. Righteousness is understanding you've been made right with God by his forgiveness, so that you can live right for God by his power, so that you can be right with the people that are around you through the good news of Christ, sharing it with them and living it together with them. So God has made you right so that you can be right, so that you can live right. The righteousness of God. So Jesus says, first, you seek first God's kingdom. When you're worrying, you ask, What are my priorities? And you say, How can I make God the first priority in a greater way? But then Jesus says, Here's a second thing you do. You live one day at a time. I love Jesus. He goes from the highly spiritual to the immediately practical because they both fit in this situation. And in verse 34, he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day has enough challenge in it for me to seek God first. Why should I be trying to seek God's righteousness, God's kingdom for tomorrow? In fact, God hasn't given me the capacity to do that. Jesus is saying, don't open your umbrella until it starts to rain. You're trying to live tomorrow and the next day and the next day, and you're overwhelmed. Of course you are. You're made to live one day at a time. There are three days of each week not to worry about. Today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And that old phrase, today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. Now, if you're driving, that might be hard to think through fast, but it is. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. You can live that way, or you can live a different kind of way, the way that the book of Psalms invites us to live. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice I'm going to be glad in this day. Let me tell you why this is so important, living only one day at a time, why Jesus teaches this to us. You can see hundreds of reasons, actually, if you'd looked at this again and again in the situations and circumstances of life. Here's just three of them. Number one, in worrying about tomorrow's problems, you're going to miss today's blessings. How many times has that happened? We are so focused on what you're worrying about that you're missing the blessing that's happening right in front of you that God has just given to you. The worry you have about tomorrow is spoiling today. So Jesus says, live one day at a time. Second, you can't solve tomorrow's problems with today's energy and resources. Now, it's okay to plan for tomorrow. In fact, the Bible says that we should plan for tomorrow, knowing that it's by God's will, not with a sense of pride. It's okay to plan for tomorrow, but you can't try to live tomorrow today. The future can seem so overwhelming. And so God has conveniently divided our lives into bite-sized, 24-hour compartments, and we get sleep in between them. When you think about time and how it passes, if a grandfather clock could think about how it's going to have to keep ticking and keep ticking and keep ticking, it would have a nervous breakdown. That click, clock, click, clock, two ticks a second, 172,800 clicks a day. 62 million clicks a year. If we tried to think about all those clicks before it had to click, it would click out. How about you? Are you focused on today? Are you focused on living this day, the blessings that God has for this day? In an hourglass, one grain passes through at a time. What's the grain that God has for you today? What's the blessing that God has for you today? You can't solve tomorrow's problems with the energy and resources today. What are the problems you have to face today? Don't pile on with the problems that could happen tomorrow. That's what Satan wants to do. No, you focus on one day at a time. The Third truth behind this is what you're doing is I'm deciding to trust God to care for things beyond my control. When I worry about tomorrow, tomorrow's beyond my control. I can't control it. So I have to trust God with tomorrow. The only way to do this is to trust God with tomorrow. The only way to live one day at a time is to trust God with today, but also to trust him with tomorrow and to trust him with yesterday as well, by the way. Worry and trust are mutually exclusive attitudes. They can't live in the same house on the same person. When trust comes in the front door, worry goes out the back door. Someone on our research team asked about this. They said, you know, I'm over 60. I've been a Christian many, many years and I've struggled with worry all my life. I know these verses, but I still struggle with worry. Is there any hope for me? And yes, there is. There's hope for you. There's hope for every one of us who struggle with this in realizing we live one day at a time. Don't let the worries of yesterday overwhelm you. Don't let the worries you might have tomorrow overwhelm you. Just give the worries of today to God. There's two very practical ways to trust God today. One, don't panic, pray. And two, learn and memorize some verses in the Bible. First, don't panic, but pray. If it isn't worth praying about, it's certainly not worth worrying about. And second, you learn and memorize some verses in the Bible so that you can apply those verses when the worry comes. The Bible is an insurance policy, in a sense, about all the problems that happen in our lives, the insurance that God's going to give his love, his grace, his strength in the midst of every circumstance. It's saying, I am covered for this, what I'm facing right now. And memorization, when you memorize it, means you don't have to frantically search through the whole policy to try to find that which applies to what you're facing right now. You know what it is. What I've learned about this, about worry, I've learned that however bad the circumstance, the more I pray and look to God's word, the less I worry. And by the way, I've learned that however good the circumstance, when I stop praying, when I stop looking to God's word, I can find any reason to worry. So what has you worried right now? a marriage, a relationship, a job, the economy, your family, health. Let Christ make himself real. Trust God as your loving Father right now. Let's pray. Father, we just say to you in prayer, instead of worrying, we want to worship. Instead of panicking, we want to pray. Instead of focusing on ourselves, we want to focus on you. So right now, here it is. Here's the thing I'm worried about. But I... I don't just tell you about that and work myself up more about it. I worship you in this. I realize that you know, you've promised to take care of my needs, that you're going to walk with me through this. Make yourself real to me even through this. Show me how to trust you even through this. Thank you that you're trustworthy. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that your promises are real for me. And I pray that this day, one day at a time, this day I could live that truth in Jesus' name, I pray it. Amen. We'll see you next week for chapter 7. Chapter 7 is, How Do You Manage the Decisions and Directions of Your Life?